0: All right, welcome back to the Pure Means Hope podcast where we take storytelling to a whole new level by sharing amazing patient stories, interview experts in a community, and share resources for clinicians and students. So today we have with us Liz Ferguson. Hi, Liz. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for being a guest on the podcast. Uh, and Liz is a mother and a runner, and so I'm really looking forward to hearing her story. So can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what do you do for a living, and what do you do for fun?
1: Sure.
0: I am Liz Ferguson. I live in Austin,
1: Texas. I've been here for a little over 15 years, so I kind of consider it home, even though I was um, born and raised in Virginia, um, but lived here. And my kids have, you know, born and raised here, so I kind of feel like they, we just kind of feel like we're from here now. Um I am a full-time stay-at-home mom. I'm a part-time fitness instructor, running coach. And then um, for fun, I like to obviously run. Um, I like to spend time with my family, cheer my kids' sports on, um, go to concerts, bake, um, those kind of things, just hang out with the family.
0: I love that. Have you always had a passion for exercise? Um yes, I played sports
1: competitively in high school. Was not a runner per se, but played like soccer, lacrosse, um, those kinds of things. But always just had a passion for um challenging myself, I guess you could say, in a physical way. I never was super competitive in terms of winning, more just like seeing what I could do myself. And I found running to be something that can kind of give you that. Um you can be competitive with yourself, but you can also um make New goals for yourself, whether it's run a mile, run for ten minutes, run a marathon. You can just always make new challenges for yourself. That's kind of like why I started really enjoying it more than other fitness um,
0: avenues. I love that. Um, and if you want to share with our listeners something that's a little bit unique about your running, is like how 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 much have you run over the past nine years? <laughs> So I have this thing called a running streak, which I
1: started on May 4th, 2014. Didn't intend to start it then, but that's when it started. Um, So the definition of a run streak, there is actually a group called the Run Streakers Association of America. And they have like a list. It's all on your honor. And they have a list. um, And they have everybody, um, how many years they've done it. But for my run streak, I have to run a minimum of two miles a day. It has to be continuous two miles. So it can't be like run 20 twenty seconds to the parking lot and run back. It has to be two miles nonstop. It has to be within the 24-hour period. So it can't be um, like start before midnight and start after midnight and to count for the streak. So I started this on May 4th, um, not any attention, like I said, to start it, but I figured I would try to run every day over the summer at the time. I had two super small kids and I figured if I could make 20, 30 minutes a day to do it. And so I made it the whole summer And so I said, okay, I should make it to the end of the year. So then I made it to the end of the year. And then I'm like, well, I need to make it back to where I started. And so then it just kind of snowballed from there where it just became like almost like a habit. Like I I do get a lot of, um, I don't know what the word is, like negative, negative energy from making it a habit. But it's almost to me now, it's like a daily, like it's just, it's just, I just do it. It's, it's just like brushing your teeth, putting your seatbelt on. There's no, there's no. And am not doing it, obviously, because i hurt. But I haven't been hurt, luckily. That is,
0: that is amazing. And so what is your streak currently?
1: So I'm at nine and a little over nine and a half years. I'm closing in on 10 years. So I think it's like roughly 3,200 some days.
0: Please, That is that is so amazing. <laughs> when you say it like that,
1: it's crazy. It, <laughs> it, is, it's it is amazing.
0: Crazy. It's like to put it into perspective, like you've you've run every day for almost the past three days. That's
1: and it's not like something where it's people who maybe don't know about running or don't know about exercise. It's not intense every day. I'm not killing myself every day. I mean, there's days where you do go hard, but some days it's just I need to get out of my house for twenty minutes, I need to reset myself or need to wake up and just think through some things, just get a, and I also think movement of any kind is just such a therapy for anybody. If you can move, whether it's walking, running, just getting up and moving your arms around getting off your seat and just getting clarity, it just helps you so much. I'm a big proponent of movement and I'm also a big proponent of just being thankful that you can move because there's so many people out there that can't move. And that's just so important to me just to, the ability to move, you should take advantage of it.
0: I agree 1000%. Um, are there days when you wake up and you're like, I really don't feel like running today. Yeah. And so what do you how do you tap into the motivation to do so?
1: There's definitely days and there's definitely times where I've even started a run and like, I do not want to do this. And it's just my, my thing is always I, I like to do it first thing in the morning because then you don't have any excuse. You don't have any way to talk yourself out of it. You don't really know what the weather is. You're just like, I'm just gonna go. I'm not gonna like a- answer this email or I'm not gonna, you know, take this phone call or do this laundry or whatever the case may be. Um, so I like to get up super early. If it means like, you know, we have something all day, we're traveling, whatever, I had, I'll just try to get up early. But if I don't wanna do it, I tell myself, go for 10 minutes. And if you still don't wanna do it, then go back. And nine times out of 10, you'll just keep going. And if you don't, you've already done 10 minutes out. So you'll just come back and do 10 more minutes and you at least did something. So I feel like if you could just talk yourself in for 10 minutes and 10 minutes is honestly, in the scheme of your day is not that much time just to move. But same thing if I feel like, I mean, I'm going to tell my, on my husband here, but if he's having a bad day at work or he's going through something, I'm like, just get outside or just move for 10 minutes and come back. Even if you don't work out, you just want to walk the dog, You. Just, Go out and move and come back and you'll just be a little bit more centered, be a little bit different.
0: I, I love that. And especially when you say, when you put it into perspective, 10 minutes in 24 hours is not that huge of a commitment. But I think- like, I mean, I think that even it's like just the progress a of like
1: someone saying like an hour of your day is like if you were exercise for an hour a day, it's only like 6% of your day. Wow. Which in that context is not a lot. You know, like you have 23 more hours to do what you want to do. And I also think it goes back to like what you value. I know people say I don't have time, and then there's people that don't not have time to do to exercise. I understand that, but people who say they don't have time are people that I'm like, oh, I know you're on Facebook for 30 minutes a day. <laughs> yes. or I know you're, you know, you're watching Netflix for yes. for whatever. So like, you, it's this what you value? Like, if you don't value it, then you don't make time for it. That's anything. If you value reading, you're going to read. If you value, yes. you know, um, gardening, you're going to garden. You're going to make. You're going to carve out that time, whatever it is. And so for me, it's just obviously running, but I just think if I can, if, if I can move my body in some way every day, just makes me feel better. It makes me a better person for everybody.
0: I, I love that. Do you run the same route every day or like what has been your most beautiful scenic run you've had? Oh, wow. Um, what has I've run and probably the most
1: beautiful, there's probably two, there's a road in Virginia that I love to run on when I go back home. And it's just a farm road and there's barely any cars on it. And it's a four miles out and four miles back. And it's just like farms and cows and horses and it's quiet. And like, I love running that. And then I've also run across the Grand Canyon. So from the South side to the North side. Yeah. It's, um, it was like a run walk as parts of it. You can't run because it's so steep. But that was just, we did it. I did it in COVID. So there wasn't many people there and my husband dropped me off and then he drove around and picked me up. And so it took about eight hours, but. That was the, probably the most beautiful and the most like peaceful because it was. I always feel it was so quiet that it was almost loud because it was so quiet down there and still and just the beauty of Earth there was amazing. So those are probably my my most scenic runs I would say. But normally I just run in my neighborhood or I go down to town Lake and run. So it's not very very scenic, but I do have. Um, I'd say three or four days a week I have a good base of friends who will meet me for running so to me that's if I'm talking and running and meeting them I have more to look forward to than just looking around so
0: I I love that I first of all I generally was possible to like run in like the area of the Grand Canyon and then I know yeah you say you have to walk some places you can walk it too that sounds so beautiful
1: you should do it you should do it walk across the Grand Canyon it's 24 miles you can walk it you could walk run it it takes it took us about eight hours but we rocked ran and we took pictures so we, we weren't really moving that fast but um it's it's actually harder going down than going back up mm-hmm. like this it's so steep going down that it was harder for me than walking back up but
0: mm-hmm. it's so beautiful that makes sense and then liz you've also run a couple of no couple you've run mm-hmm. several marathons correct mm-hmm. okay so how many marathons have you run
1: i've run 55 marathons wow and then I've run um, three ultra marathons, which is more than hundred, right? Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, that's so, yeah, that's amazing. How Very was the cute. transition from um, like short distance to long distance running? Did it come pretty naturally?
1: Uh, it was a long progression for me. Like I, when I started running in high school and college, I would only run like three or four miles at a time. To me, the the biggest barrier was to run like. More than six miles. That seemed like crazy. It took me probably two or three years to even go past six miles. And then from there I, I probably went to ten miles and then a couple more years went by because you have to get your confidence up. It's scary when you run that far or that long and it's tiring and you're not used to it. So I would say from the time I started running to the time I ran a marathon was probably four years, maybe? Five years. Because it's a big commitment to do a marathon and train for it. And that's a bigger commitment than running every day.
0: <laughs> yes. Have you faced any injuries um, since like starting to run? So I've had
1: nothing that's been super serious. Like I haven't torn anything or broke anything. I did have a, an injury which, which led me to Spiro and to see Dr. Matt and Dr. Cole. Um, I had like a small shin injury that was, I guess they would call it like a tendonitis where the tendon was super angry. So it was kind of like creaky almost. I don't know if that makes sense, but it was like, it didn't want to lengthen. So every time I pushed off my foot, it didn't want to give me any any length on that muscle. And so it was super sore, but um, through the advice of Spiro, I was able to get good exercises, I guess pre, pre-run exercises that I had not been doing that would fire up those muscles to get them. I was just kind of running cold at that time, like wake up or do some things and go run, which... As you get older, you can't do as much. And so the same thing with stretching after running, you have to get your body ready to go run. And so I've had that. And then the other thing I had, um, which I've had, um, which is kind of what led me to running every day in a way, but I had suffered from anemia really bad. Um, Low iron, just because women tend to suffer from it more often. And also with running and then also with giving birth, I just caught myself in a hole. And I didn't realize, um, which a lot of women don't, that it's your anemic. You feel tired, but you're like, "Oh, I'm just tired because I'm running. I'm just tired because I'm a mom. I'm just tired because I'm getting the flu." You don't really know. It's such a gradual thing that happens to you that you don't, you can't put your finger on it, and you can't just draw your own blood and know that you're anemic. And so that was that was probably I don't know if you call that an injury, but that was like a setback because being anemic is like living on a mountain. You're so out of breath, everything you do and tired all the time. So,
0: wow.
1: but luckily I overcame that.
0: I, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you yes. did. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned motherhood too. So you're a full-time mother. Um, full-time. So have you always been a stay-at-home mom? How many kids do you have?
1: So I used to be a teacher. Um, I taught school up until my daughter was like two, but um, it just financially made more sense for me to stay home. Teachers don't make that much money. With daycare costs, and so then I've been staying at home since then. I have two kids, and I'm a stay-at-home mom. I know it's you can't really put your finger on it. You would do everything, but it doesn't look like you do everything. But you're doing everything. So mostly it consists of just driving my kids around, and I volunteer at both their schools. I volunteer at both their swim teams. I volunteer on their football team. So it's like I do all the things. My kids are 16 and 10, and so they're totally different points of life. Like one is in high school and just needs like a little bit more emotional support. And then my son is 10 and he needs more of still like helping him or mom to do homework and helping him go to bed. And so, um, balancing that is hard with fitness because I don't want to miss anything that they're doing. So a lot of it requires getting up early or running when they're practicing or, um, going late, which I hate. Um, and then of course my husband's schedule and making time for the family. Um, you know, it's just a jigsaw puzzle. I could not do it without them because they're they're so supportive. Like they are probably the most supportive people because they know that I love to run and they know it's important to mom for me to go run. And they're always like, I just did a race in Austin um, like three weeks ago and it was a 50 mile race. And so they knew it was going to be all day and they're making signs and coming down there and Aww. they're, my daughter is texting me as I'm running, like, mom, come on, pick it up. You got this. <laughs> and so it's like- Aww. I could not have asked for a better support system. And my husband too, like he knows he's, he's in the, he's into running and biking, but he knows like, you know, this is her thing. I love it. And she's, he's so supportive. Like he'll, you know, ignore the piles of running shoes I have in the garage or, you know, <laughs> but they're great. Like they, they make it easy to find the time because they know it's important to me. But the flip side is, you know, I let them find the time for the things that they want to do and I'm supportive of them. So I think it's important, though, because it would be hard if I think my family didn't understand or didn't like to exercise or didn't do sports, because then they would be like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs)
0: i i love that and i think it's such like great example like you're basically modeling what an active lifestyle and a healthy lifestyle looks like for your kids and it's like it's contagious so everyone has around you. it's so contagious i should do it i'm talking to you i'm like okay i have no run today i need to go outside (laughs) before the sun goes down and like put a put a run in it's it's very contagious
1: my mom was like my mom exercised she walked when we were little and she played tennis and she did like the 80s aerobics or whatever and i feel like she still walks. She just called me, um, before this call and she was going to the gym to walk on the treadmill and she's in her seventies. So it's like, I feel like I knew that was like, that was just what you did. Like, and so I feel like playing sports helped and then you just naturally do it and modeling for your kids. Like one of my best memories is the first time my daughter ran a 5k with me because she's not a runner. She doesn't like to run. She swims. And so for her to do that was like out of her comfort zone, but it's like a memory that I always have. Cause she's like, I want to help, you know, i want to go with mom and try to run this race. And she's like 10 and um just it's so important to model that for your kids modeling good any good behavior really whether it's kindness or exercise or eating healthy or
0: i i agree what do you think is probably like the biggest misconception people have about like living leading an active lifestyle i know earlier we talked a little bit about thinking that there's not enough time what do you think are some other things that keep people from engaging in an active lifestyle
1: I think number one is the time, obviously. But I think if you break it down for somebody, some people like a schedule, they want to write it down, they'll do it. But also, like I said, it's, it's making that time. Like there's so many distractions in life. I understand you're pulled in so many different ways. But if you, like I said, if you can, even if you don't want to go run, if you just want to sit in your house and, and you want to do push-ups and sit-ups between your, your show or you want to, um, you know, do squats while you're brushing your teeth, It's if you make a little bit of time for yourself, in that way, it doesn't seem as overwhelming. The other thing too, I know it's like people come back from the holidays and they want to get into it, a fitness routine. My main thing is I feel like a lot of people go too hard, too fast. Like there's no need to, to kill yourself and you don't have to go run three miles, four miles. You could just go out. Like I tell my husband, go and walk 10 minutes. If you walk 10 minutes a day. Then the next day, maybe you you know do that for a couple weeks. Next time you're going to want to do 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. I just think it's small steps, small steps. If you do small steps and small changes, they become habits. And then when it becomes a habit, you want to do it more often. And then the other thing I will say about that is that um, people always view exercise as being uncomfortable or painful. It doesn't need to be that. It needs to be something that you enjoy. So if you like dancing or you like swimming or you like you know playing golf and walking the golf course it doesn't have to be the suffering that everyone kind of makes it out to be like you're not pouring sweat and just <laughs> in the gym like hating your life like it should be something that you enjoy right like yes hiking is exercise gardening is exercise just doing something that's not sitting is just going to benefit you so
0: much in your life i believe I, I love that. I think that's such great advice, um, especially the one about like finding a form of exercise that you enjoy and it not being torture. As a physical therapist, I feel like I hear once a day like that PT is like, right? pain, and <laughs> and like pain, and <laughs> pain and torture. like Pain and torture. But let's find fun ways to move. Um, and then I also liked how you say not going too hard too soon, but breaking it down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what like when I read the story, uh, your story in Runner's Magazine, I think something that I thought was so beautiful is that to me the streak, the running streak, like is the, like the evidence of that consistency. So it's literally you doing something every single day. Every single day. And that, and that piece like,
1: is huge. It's huge. And I, like I was saying earlier, I've, I've had a lot of negative pe- like not directly from my friends or anything, but negative outlook on why I run every day. And it's like, people say, oh, it's so, you know, OCD. It's so obsessive. But I'm like, it's just a discipline that I do, and to me, it's almost like freedom. I know that I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I feel better about myself when I do it, and it's it, maybe it is a little crazy to you, the outsider, but to me, it's it's complete freedom that I have that locked in in my day. Um, and it's like I feel like people say things that are negative about it because maybe they want to do it themselves and they can't for whatever reason. But you know, people do the same things every day, and they don't they don't get negative feedback for it just doing it every day making it a part of your day is just a habit for me and I think if you do something little like that every day you it just becomes a habit for yourself rather than putting it off for the next day I'll do it tomorrow I'll do it tomorrow because you can keep saying that and you never will do it
0: yeah I love that so much and I think it's very very commendable and I agree with you you. we all we all have things we do every day and so it's it's inspiring and commendable that you're engaging in something that is healthy, that brings you good things like every single day. I love that. Do you Thank ever you. miss teaching? Um, or not I, at all? I
1: do. I was subbing for a while before COVID. And then once COVID had, I haven't gone back in the classroom. I do teach, um, group fitness. I teach a running class downtown, which I was just kind of like teaching little kids in a way that, um, I hope to go back to teaching at some point. I'd love to be a PE teacher. I wasn't a PE teacher before. I think I'd like to be a PE teacher.
0: I love that. What does a running class consist of?
1: So it's a class downtown and it's, you're on a treadmill. Um, and the there's loud music. It's kind of like um, a spin class, but on a treadmill. So you'll call, they'll call out intervals. Like you're going to run one minute at your level three, which out of, let's say you have levels one through five. So five would be like a sprint level three, would be like kind of pushing it where you're going to walk at level three, whatever is kind of like getting your heart rate in that zone of whatever. And you do that for like a minute and then you'll go level one, super easy. And so it's kind of like an interval based running class and kind of targeting people that may be intimidated to start running or maybe don't feel safe to go run by themselves. Maybe don't know what to do when they run. And maybe like the treadmill aspect, because, um, you have to stay on with the speed like you can't you can't can't just stop you can't just fall off um, there's that aspect or like the music like people like the music just blasting and not have to think about um their breathing or how much it hurts or and everyone else is doing it so it's you know I feel like people that are afraid to join like a running group per se because there's lots of running groups in Austin this could be an option for you it's just kind of like it's like a class, but you don't feel intimidated like you would in a gym because everyone's on the treadmill and it's pretty dark. So it's not like um, if you go to like a class at the gym, where you're doing weights and you don't. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it's, people don't like that being uncomfortable feeling, which is which is very intimidating if you don't if you haven't been in a gym. It can be intimidating. So, um, but if you if people are looking for groups to run with, there's so many groups that meet downtown. Um, totally free groups too that meet. There's a group that meets. Um, you know at the lake at joe's coffee all speeds all paces there's a group that meets in circle c which is near spiro they meet on saturdays at 7 30 so yeah there's tons of ways to get active
0: i love that do you have any upcoming goals or upcoming races that you sign up for um i my my last big goals
1: i did a 50 miler a couple weeks ago like i said in austin um, my next one is i'm running um the austin marathon i do that every year just because it's in town I love it and then I'm running um the Big Sur Marathon in California yes I'm so excited about that one it's gonna be so gorgeous I can't wait but other than that I just have my runs my daily runs in the neighborhood or with my friends or with my dog or
0: I love that have you ever run like internationally like Berlin or any of the other like I big haven't gone marathons? international
1: I've done New York and Chicago um, LA San Francisco. Marine Corps I haven't gone international I really want to but like I'm worried about the the time change and like how would you feel and
0: yeah my dad's
1: Australian so I'd like to do one in Australia
0: that's amazing Liz you're you're like really inspiring me oh you're so sweet you're so easy to talk to (laughs) thank you so much I love that um is there anything I haven't asked you about that you would like to mention um, or any shout outs that you want to give to anybody, um, that you'd like to say thank you for the role they play in your life?
1: Um, of course i like to, to shout out to my family, my husband and my kids for always being supportive. And of course my parents and my siblings, because when I'm on vacation with them, they know, okay, she's going to go find a place to run. Like, but they usually are just begrudgingly will go with me too. So, um, of course my family and then, um, Dr. Matt Spiro for getting the connection with you. Cause I I love what you guys are doing over there in every aspect of your patient care, but also just how much you are involved in the community. Like you're always having a tent somewhere at the Turkey Trot or a local race, or you're doing the wheelchair mile at the burger center. Like I just love how much community involvement you guys have. And I feel like I can mention y'all's name to anybody and they know that they're going to be in good hands. Um, Gosh, who else could I mention? Just like the ladies I run with, if they listen to this, because I do have a good core group of girls that will meet me to run. And I'm also, I'll run any pace. I'll run, run walk. I will run fast. I mean, we could talk for, I I can talk to people for hours while I run. It seems like, how would you talk to people when you're running? But that's how I do a lot of catching up with people, workout problems. But
0: I think that would be it. So that kind of answers my question. Because I was also thinking, do you listen to anything when you run? Do you run in silence? um so I'm, I'm
1: all over the place so a lot of times I like to run in silence especially if I'm going through like I need to figure things out or I need to organize my day or work out a problem I'll run in silence um I do like to listen to podcasts sometimes I do like to listen to music if I want to go fast um and then if I'm meeting a friend we'll just chat we'll talk about kids motherhood we'll talk about traveling we'll talk about movies and you know I don't even know what we talk about sometimes it just starts one way and goes completely the other way you know,
0: Liz, that is like peak stamina. You know, that's like that's ama- that's that's amazing that you like <laughs> run and then have conversations with your friends at the same time. That's awesome.
1: We do. We have like these and these all these conversations. Then I come back and you know my family's just waking up for the day at 7 a.m. and I'm like, I've already talked to this person, this person. This
0: is what's I've going planned on? on next trip.'
1: like, oh. <laughs> Right. i like, we were going here. They're like, What are you talking about? Oh, I love
0: that. Uh, any other parting words or final words of wisdom? Final
1: words of wisdom. Um, if you're listening, find a way to move yourself today. If it's yes. five minutes, if it's 10 minutes, if you want to do some stretches, if you want to walk outside, if you want to just do some yoga poses, walk your dog, do something that to move because the more you move, I swear the longer you will live. It's the best insurance you can make on your body right now. It is. Go out there and do something for yourself and you'll feel better. You'll feel better about yourself and that will... Resonates to everyone around you, your workplace, your family, your sleep, everything. You'll make better choices if you could just move a little bit today. And that's all I have to say.
0: Thank you so much, Liz. Thank you so
1: much. I appreciate it. Have a great day.
0: You too. Thank you for taking the time to have this conversation. I I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Spur Means Hope podcast. As always, you can catch the video version of the interviews on our YouTube channel at Spear Rehabilitation. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, Facebook and Instagram at Spear Rehab. See you next week for another inspiring conversation with an amazing human.